You are listening to Blood on the Tracks, an exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. to Blood on the Tracks, an exploration and celebration of movie soundtracks and scores. I'm your host, Lee Russell, and this is episode 40. And we took a month off for Halloween and all that jazz, let the Wolfman do his thing. And the Wolfman will be back on his regular show come next month. But uh, yeah, we're back, and the theme I decided to uh, get into here is Animal Attack Films from the 1970s, and this is probably going to be, might be a three-parter, or it might be a two-parter, with the next part being like a big mega episode, instead of the regular one-hour episode. We'll see what happens. I think most people know Jaws when they think of Animal Attack Films from the 1970s, and really... It is the one that sort of set off the boom period for these things in the late 70s and into the 80s. But there were movies before Jaws, and I think most of them sort of stem as the the remnants a bit, or or the, uh, the children of the 1950s, 1960s radioactive monster movies, the the Atomic Age monsters. There was still a lot of that going on in the 60s, still a lot of that going on in the 70s. It started to take a bit of a more of a naturalism, environmental bent as things went on, definitely in the 70s. There was a lot of that stuff going on. And you could just sort of see it pop up in the movies, even before Jaws came around. And of course, Jaws takes it back to much more of a naturalistic thing and it's more of a just a pure horror movie that works on you in that way and it doesn't really have much of a message other than maybe small town corruption yeah so we're going to start off with i think a, a fun one this is the main theme from night of the lepus from 1972 and this is by uh, jimmy haskell and if you're not familiar with this movie it's about giant rabbits in fact it's a pretty silly movie about giant rabbits because they look a little too cute to be menacing quite frankly and they shot them around miniatures, jumping around miniature sets and stuff like that. And then they'd have rabbit costumes actually, like, come in off screen and attack people. And, you know, a lot of fake stage blood and stuff like that would commence. But it stars a bunch of old stars like Stuart Whitman, Janet Leigh, Rory Calhoun, of all fucking people, and uh, Bones himself, DeForest Kelly. Uh, but the music here was done by Jimmy Haskell... He worked on Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry from 74 and Death Game from 77. And he has a lot of credits working in collaboration with uh, a bunch of rock and pop stars. He did work with Elvis Presley, Neil Diamond, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, uh, Steely Dan, Billy Joel, and the Everly Brothers, just to name a few. We're going to get into that, and then we're going to follow up with another sort of pop music connection here we're going to look at ben's song from ben from 1972 which was the uh killer rat movie basically the uh the rat with the psychic connection to our protagonist this is the sequel to willard actually so um but ben is supposedly the same uh rat from the first film 
and uh, with a new human uh, that he's working with, I guess, kind of thing. But uh, And this was done by Don Black and Walter uh, Scharf. And the vocals here, though, are done by a little guy named Michael Jackson. And this became a number one pop hit single for uh, Jackson at the time. So we're going to look at those, and we're going to come back after that.
Now, if you looked at the track list provided with this episode, you see we only got basically seven tracks here. And the reason for that is a couple of these are sweets, so they're going to be taking up a lot of the running time of the episode. And the first one we're going to give you is the suite from Killer Bees from 1974. Now, I haven't seen this movie, but it sounds like it has a lot in common with Ben Willard. Uh, any other sort of movie that involves like a psychic connection to uh, animals, using them to attack people for revenge, that sort of thing. The synopsis here that I pulled, Madame Van Bolen, a strong-willed woman and matriarch of her family, not only runs her family wine business, but she also has a mysterious power. She has psychic control over a swarm of killer bees that reside in her vineyard. So there you go. Uh, sounds very much like Ben or Willard or something along those lines. Um, the music here is from David Shire, always reliable David Shire. And then we're going to move on to another suite here uh, to end off the first half of the show. And it's going to be for The Chosen Survivors from 1974. The music here is done by Fred Carlin, who worked on Westworld and Future World. So... He's right in the mix there with the 1970s sci-fi. This, this film is an end-of-the-world film, and it's also an animals attack film. It has a lot of similarities with stuff like the Andromeda strain in the sense that it's got people in an underground bunker basically trying to survive, trying to save humanity. Also sort of reminds me of Phase 4, which will be coming up in the second half of the show. But this is like the Andromeda strain mixed with the birds, because uh, the people get into this underground bunker that was built in a series of caves under New Mexico, and they encounter a bunch of vampire bats. And of course, this is the 70s, so vampire bats are vicious killers. And uh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit goofy. Uh, it feels like a TV movie, even though I don't believe it was, but it was directed by a TV director for the most part. That was most of his career. I think it has a lot of sort of like TV actors in it for the most part, too. So, uh, yeah, we're going to listen to that stuff, and we're going to come back with the second half of the show after some promos and whatnot.
Good morning, chosen survivors, to the beginning of your second week in Complex 11. Let's take a few moments this morning to look back over your first week. Note the tremendous adjustments you have already made, the progress. You are proof of man's indomitable will to survive. And before long, your boundless energies will return through man's inherent desire to reach out. We feel confident you are now sufficiently oriented to have done some constructive thinking about the plans that must be made during the months and years to come. Discuss these plans amongst yourselves. Consider them thoughtfully. Man's ultimate destiny is in your hands. The bodies and minds of each of you have been exposed to tremendous stress. Cooperate with one another. Make allowances for each other's shortcomings. Henceforth, periodic group sessions are strongly recommended. Careful reasoning will result in judicious decisions. Take your time. Time is your key. Time and patience. You should feel proud and find comfort in the knowledge that yours is a responsibility with which no man has been entrusted before. The challenge is monumental. But one day soon, the sun will shine again and all the world will be yours. There's a show called Movie Melt, and you probably know about it. Uh, and it's once every two... I have no idea how often this is uploaded. 
Yes, and it's a show where a bunch of companeros get together and we play some fun games, trivia mainly. Uh, we talk about new releases. Uh, we have some fun games where we try and guess the title of a movie based on stuff that really probably religious people write on IMDb. <laughs> Yeah, it takes about 20 hours to record. There's always a failure midway through. Uh, and then the highlight of the week of the, of the show is um, reviewing a movie. Usually it's kind of a interesting, lesser known cult type movie. And it's uh, quite enjoyable. It sounds good in theory, yes. <laughs> I might have a listen one day. Oh. Wow. You ungodly warlock. All right, back for the second half of the show. And after I'm done talking here, guys, it's going to be nothing but straight music for you guys right to the end of the show. So first off, we're going to look at track two from Phase 4 from 1974 by Brian Gascoigne. And he worked on The Dark Crystal and Labyrinth and the Star Wars trilogy, Rambo, Oatland, Supergirl, a lot of good stuff he's been involved with. And this is a very synth-heavy soundtrack. And the movie itself is it's got the remnants of kind of psychedelic ideas in it. It's an interesting one. It's worth checking out. It's about a colony of super smart ants. They're not giant ants. They're just super smart ants. And they threaten to take over the entire world. And humanity is trying to fight against them kind of thing. Then we're going to move on to, of course, we needed something from Jaws. So... Uh, we're going to look at First Victim from Jaws from 1975 by John Williams. Yeah, we're not doing the the classic opening title thing. Don't really have to, honestly, because pretty much every piece of music in the Jaws score has the same underlying... But I like this one a little bit better. First victim plays, of course, when the actress Susan Baccalini, played Chrissy in the opening of the film, gets killed. And she also appeared in Day of the Animals from 77, which we should be getting to in the second episode of this, second or third, depending on what happens, like I said. And she also spoofed this scene in Spielberg's 1941 from 1979. And the less said about that, the better. And then we're going to finish off with quite the suite. This is from Bacahel, Bacaluhu. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, it's also known as Codfish from 1975. And this is a spoof. It's a Brazilian-made Portuguese-language spoof of Jaws. It's silly as fuck, but it's intentionally silly as fuck. They put their terrible-looking killer fish right up front for you to see. They don't hide it much at all. Uh, unlike when, in Jaws, where they sort of had to hide it because it looked so bad and it wasn't working properly. <laughs> and it made it more effective, of course, but it, at the end of the day. But uh, here, very much a spoof. I mean, people get uh, attacked by this thing and eaten and then, like, really cheap skeletons, like uh, plastic skeletons, pop up from the water with, you know, no blood or anything like that. It's very goofy. Um, kind of fun. And the score is pretty amazing. It's really well done. It's kind of varied. And I had a lot of fun listening to it. So we have a nice little suite here from some of the better tracks in it. And uh, Beto Strada, who did the score, he worked on a bunch of stuff that I cannot tell you anything about. 
IMDb is really bad for getting any sort of information of obscure Brazilian films. But he seemed to work in a lot of Brazilian, like, sort of comedies and exploitation stuff. Uh, there, there was one called Those Beautiful Naked Marvelous Women from 1974, which I can only imagine what that entails. It says it's a comedy. It's probably like a nudie cutie kind of thing, but uh, there's like no information on it. It's something else called Emmanuel Tropical from 1977, which, again, no information on it, but obviously is probably one of the uh, unofficial Emmanuel films out there, or, you know... Emmanuel, which is basically the Django of softcore porn. Uh, but yeah, we're going to finish off there, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll be back next time with more animal attack stuff next month.
Thank you. 
for listening to Blood on the Tracks. For further episodes of this podcast or our other podcasts, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.